International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts. What? What do you mean? Oh, my God. I guess. I, so I, I have questions. Yes. I have questions. <laughs> what, are, what are your questions, Shem? My first question is, how much are you paying them to do so? Oh, man. Wait. So, so for those who didn't hear what I was talking about, what I was laughing about, I was looking at a Twitter, and I was looking at your post. Mm-hmm. And, and you got a like by getsubs.live, or you pay <laughs> to get subs. I did, and I don't, I don't understand the concept there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I don't know. Like, if if I'm paying someone like two dollars to subscribe to me, and as a streamer, you know, you make two fifty off of that. I'm making fifty cents. I don't think that's a sustainable business model. I don't, right. unless I have just a crap ton of money sitting on the side. I'm like, I'm gonna roll this up right now. Oh, oh man. Man. investment strategies. That's Could all. You... <laughs> Could you imagine Twitch coming to you like, so I see you went from like five to 5,000 subs overnight. How did you do that? Don't worry about it. My content's just that awesome. Yeah. But you've topped out before at eight. So what's going on here? <laughs> you had like three sub points. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. Oh, there's, man. there's something for everyone out there, you know? <sighs> Apparently. Evidently. You know? Everyone to derail everything immediately. <laughs> oh, everyone's got your hustle and uh, or got their hustle. And guess what? This is ours. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, the show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, my number two, Ren DeShions. How you doing, Ren? Hi, I'm uh, I'm Mr. Green Elite. Hello, welcome on in, everybody. See, no, I'm I... Ren. How's it going, guys? <laughs> You're incredible. That doesn't work if I actually changed your name on OBS. Wow, dude, I can't believe you'd do that. That's weird. <laughs> and uh, with us, our special guest, a uh, hopefully soon to be partner, Mr. Big Shem. <laughs> How you doing, Shem? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Uh, Mr. Shem, why don't you tell the folks out there uh, where they can find you and uh, why they should come uh, come over there? Why they should, outside of the fact that I'm just amazing and awesome? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Be specific. All right, so, let, let me give you at least the spiel, at least. So, like, when, when people, like, come in here, come into my stream and all that stuff. So, you can find me, twitch.tv slash Big Shem. It's not Skem. It's not Scheme. It's it's just Shem. That, that's all it is. Just I know the C throws people off, but it's Shem. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, about my stream, I'm a variety streamer. Um, I built my channel off of retro. I still play some retro games, but I also do some modern games. Like, I've done Bioshock Infinite. I'm in the middle of Dark Souls 3. Um, I'm also in the middle of Final Fantasy 7. Um, but I also like to do chat integration games like Streets of Rogue, Dead Cells, Jackbox games, stuff like that. Um, I also do monthly charity streams. We've donated almost $2,500 to various nonprofits since December. And I also do a monthly mental health podcast, um, partnering with another streamer who's a licensed therapist. So we, um, we cover different mental health topics and we talk about them. So that way people in the chat can 
Um, they can either share opinions, experiences, ask us questions, that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it's literally a little bit of everything when you come into my channel. You're not you're not quite sure what you're going to get when you come in day in and day out. Yeah, you. I, I didn't realize you actually did that podcast, and this is uh, a perfect segue um, uh, into something I wanted to talk about at the top of the show. Okay. Um, because today we are we are doing this. This is live on September 10th, which is National Suicide Prevention Day. It is um, yes. And I wanted to say something last week, but I I didn't uh, because last week, for those who don't know, uh, an indie dev, um, Alex Holoka, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, uh, committed suicide. Now there was a lot of controversy around uh, his death. He was accused of some things by people who are uh, prominent and centers of uh, controversy themselves uh, in the gaming industry. And it's mm -hmm. not my responsibility to go into that, but it is my responsibility to say you are not alone. Um, we want to encourage you to seek help, reach out to people, talk to your friends and family. Um, if if you feel like you can't talk to anyone you know about about your thoughts and feelings, if, if you feel, you know, like you want to take your life, then reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. And there is also an online chat. Uh, that you can access as well. Let me put the. Oh, thank you, Ren, for putting. Ren's already on top. Way to go. Um, <laughs> did, did you? So, actually, on that topic, did you hear recently that they're looking into making that their own three-digit number thing uh, for yes. a quick call? Yes, and that'll. I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I kind of wanted to add one more thing because, of course, it's always nice to put that number out there in that chat. But I think what is also really important when it comes to suicide prevention is. If you feel like someone in your life is going to make that decision, please reach out to them. Please talk to them. As someone who I've lost friends, um, I wish I could go back and do that. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I didn't want to bring anyone down, and I didn't actually expect myself to choke up a bit there. So, uh, uh, dude, that's, don't feel bad, man. That's, uh, but think about it though. So, anyone who's actually, it, God forbid, you're thinking those thoughts and stuff. Like, this is the type of stuff that happens after the fact. You know, mm -hmm. when you're feeling those depressed thoughts, and you think like life is shit and it's just not going your way and stuff. And you, it, depression and suicide is is a very selfish kind of thing when you think about it. Because it's like you're only dealing about your own thoughts, your own things, and whatever it is you're going through mentally. You're not really thinking about the repercussions of it and how it's going to affect your family and loved ones and that kind of stuff. So, like, this is – I'm actually kind of glad you did that because this is the – this is literally the after effect of what happens if someone were to do that. And obviously, we hope no one ever does that, but unfortunately, it does happen. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I wanted to get that out there last week and didn't. I'm kind of glad we we didn't because today is, you know – the, the, I guess one of the more appropriate times to do it, um, especially because last week and I wanted to talk about it, surrounded by controversy. Um, so yeah, other than that, welcome to the show, guys, and uh, we have a lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> and uh, Ren, we're gonna start with you. What do you uh, right on? What are you bringing this week? Yeah, I can do that. So last week, for those who weren't there or didn't know i actually couldn't make it to the podcast and i actually wanted to talk about a game called blair witch so uh today i am hoping for the best that i can actually remember it because one of the big things that i have found out about the game that i only found out about recently is that the biggest keyword i can possibly come up with that game is unmemorable 
there wasn't a whole lot that really like was really <laughs> entrancing that that was one of the big things so for those who don't know Blair Witch is a $30 game on PC Xbox one and it's basically it's set in 1996 and you're a retired police officer basically looking for a missing child with your dog right okay and that's that's pretty much the baseline you're going through a forest and I, I'll, I'll say a few things immediately. The graphics itself are actually pretty solid. Like initially, the graphics—they like look pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is the cinematic that they showed at E3. Um, obviously, because it's a cinematic, it doesn't look that great. But but it still looked pretty like solid. It actually looked like one of the AAA like uh, horror titles. So that was pretty cool. But that being said, I was streaming this, and normally I don't have a big issue when it comes to streaming games, even when they're, like, relatively high-end. This was one of the only games I've ever had, like, a significant issue with when it came to that. And even off-stream, I tried it again, and I still had, like, weird performance issues where, like, I'm running on a pretty high-end rig, and I couldn't keep up with this game on medium. And that was, like, really oh, wow. frustrating mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. So I, I've dealt with that for a bit. Um... The game is kind of good. It, it has moments where it's actually pretty great. And then it has a lot of moments where like immediately after it's great, they kind of just fail at like execution afterwards. So Aww. one of the big moments was uh, basically your character has PTSD. That's one of the big revolving issues when it comes to the game is your character has PTSD. And that's the reason why you have the dog is to help like to help you through it so that we don't go a little bonkers. Um, and the dog will take off looking for the kid at some point, like early on in the game. And your character is just freaking out. And like, that's, that's a really good moment initially. Like, it's a really phenomenal moment. Mm. And you're like, okay, I cannot let this dog leave me no matter what. Like, I can't let that happen. That's the only moment where it actually has that kind of emotional feel where like, you you feel like you can't do that. Like, if you let that happen, then all all hell's gonna break loose. Your character just has like a straight up fit. Um, he's just freaking out. He's screaming, and like you're just like you're lost in the middle of the woods with nobody. Right. And uh, it's it's only that one moment where that happens throughout the entire game. All the rest of the game, it's basically like null and void. Um, there's no real moments where you need to send your dog off, and you like really need to be out on your own. Basically, the rest of the game, you have your dog until like close to the end but i'm not gonna get super into that um but yeah so it, it was a nice moment at first where it was like wow okay all right i see where you're trying to hit emotionally cool and then that was it that was the only time where that ever approached um towards the end of the game you uh you move into a completely new environment and it's really nice because you spend like a good majority of the game just in the forest and after a while you're kind of over it you're like okay yeah it's the woods i get it but you're sent into like a, uh, essentially like an apartment complex. And it, it's a really nice, refreshing change of pace for about 10 minutes. And then they really overextend it, like to an unseen degree. You're kind of just like, I want to be out of the building now. I'd much rather take the forest at this point. Like, I just, <laughs> I want to be done. So I don't know. They had like good ideas, but the execution was always really flawed when it came to it. Um, there is multiple endings and i played through it all the way on one stream and the thing to note it's 30 dollars game i played it for about like i want to say six hours and i beat it all the way through and for me personally like six hours of playtime for a, like a while it does have multiple endings the endings 
are not even that different from each other in the grand scheme of things. Like, they're not even really impactful. You don't feel like you accomplished something at the end of any of them. It, it just feels like, okay, so that's the ending I get. Great. Awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know. That, those were, like, the biggest issues I had with it. There were some really cool moments, don't get me wrong. So... We actually see it a little bit in the cinematic where uh, where he pulls up the video camera. He's kind of checking it and he's watching through a video. Um, there's these red videotapes that you can actually interact with as uh, as one of the like as the main character. And essentially, you can change the environment based on what happens in that video. So say like a tree falls in the video and you you have the video play all the way to that point, the tree will be fallen. But you can go back, open up the video again, rewind it before like the tree actually fell. It'll be back to normal. And I found that to be really cool. That was actually like a nice little hmm. puzzle element that was like relatively interactive. And it, it also gave you like a little bit of time to like analyze the videos themselves to like see what was going on in them to like really understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. So like in the grand scheme of things, that was pretty neat. Like I found that to be like probably the best part about this game. And like I always wanted to find more of those. That was like the big thing that like kept me like going through was like interacting with these videotapes is really cool it's kind of like watching it's both watching a movie as well as like interacting with the game in its own special way um like that that's honestly basically the best like positive i can think of though was basically just the red videotapes there are monsters in the game there's a total of technically there's a total of three um two of them are really like honestly all of them are really boring to be completely honest um one's basically like a fast monster that just teleports side to side you flash them with a light and then that's it right like it's nothing super crazy you see it a lot in like other games it's nothing like totally ridiculous the other one requires you to not look at them and then that's it so like towards the end of the game you run into that enemy a lot and you're basically just staring at the floor trying to navigate through an apartment complex and like it, it makes it not even scary just frustrating that it's just that's all it did um the third one which is technically an enemy is literally a ball of leaves that is more of an obstacle than anything like you're running through an area <laughs> in a forest and it's kind of open and then there's these giant balls of leaves and you're all like okay it moved out of the way i'm just gonna go i don't know i found it really i found it boring and irritating towards the end more than anything initially it started off like okay so i wasn't like totally upset by it and i've played a lot of horror games like i've played all the outlast series layers of fear um I've, I've played at least like 10 different horror games minimum and none of them really gave me the feeling of like this is just boring like this is there's nothing really going on um towards the end as well it it seems to like lose a lot more focus about what the point of the movie is or like the game i call it a movie mm -hmm. because realistically there's not a whole lot of gameplay going on um but it sort of like loses focus so like for a good 70 to 80 percent of the game it's just ptsd focused and like that's it and even when i was playing through that point i felt like it was really like overdoing it like really focusing on it way too much rather than kind of like giving significant impactful moments but like nothing else so you have like certain flashbacks of like oh i was in the war but like even even when i was thinking about it, i was like what war because the war happens in like a it's it's basically a city and i couldn't figure out for the life of me while i was playing it like this is set in 96 
what wars happened in a city before this time that are like really memorable that like most people would expect that that was one of the big things um that was one of them and then towards the end like it's it's said that you're a retired police officer but it's barely even mentioned i legitimately thought that it was uh a a like park ranger more than anything that's what mm -hmm. I thought it was initially. And then just out of the blue, like towards the end of the game, you're you're shown as a cop getting out of a cop car, shooting somebody. And you're kind of just like, this came out of literally nowhere, considering like everything else has been war and war and war. And then that's been it. So it was just like, where where did this kid come from? I don't even know who this is. I haven't seen the name. I haven't seen the face anywhere throughout the game. And then it's just sort of just chucked out there. Like, oh yeah, this happened too, by the way. And I don't know. I found it very, it, it started off okay, but it just really didn't keep up at all. Just um, went downhill from there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like it started off as a base, pretty cool. I was really interested. Um, you can actually like set commands for your dog, but a lot of the times the commands aren't necessary because of the thing I even said before, where if you leave your dog like out without you, you just start to have a panic attack, basically. So mm. half of the commands are basically null and void, where it's just like, oh, send the dog out to go somewhere. But realistically, like the path is laid out. You kind of already know where you need to go. Doing that's just going to actively hurt you. And yeah. So why would you um, do it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no real point. Um, and there's another thing to note is like in a horror game, one of the big like things about horror is that you're alone. You have nothing to help you in the grand scheme of things. You have to like base everything off of you alone, not off of a dog that can actually sense the monsters. So like when something bad happens, your dog just starts barking. You're like, OK, I have no fear of what's coming up there. There's literally none. Um it was creepy it had like distinct creepy moments but i didn't get scared at once i think the only time where i even jumped was at a jump scare and then that was basically it that was basically it and otherwise i was more frustrated than anything there's a moment where you're trying to interact with a machine and uh basically it wants you to gather these parts and turn it on and all this stuff and one of the uh one of the parts is like a wheel that's missing off of it to turn like the certain lever and right next to the machine is like a pipe wrench and all i'm thinking in my head is like why don't i just put the wrench on it and just like turn, <laughs> like i can easily like that takes like no brain power to do to just be like oh wrench on turn done and i found that really frustrating because i had to go for a 30 minute walk through a forest to go find a goddamn wheel to go put on a machine a 30 minute walk back and i'm just like i could have just used the wrench that was literally like two feet away that oh, i like man. i as a person would have immediately went to that like instantly like oh yeah wrench right here turn duh <laughs> I, I don't know that that really peeved me that, that was like a weird moment tell. where i was just like i'm so done <laughs> i'm so done um and yeah, yet he uh, still finished the game Oh, yeah. Oh, you bet. I'm, I'm about paying $30 to quit a game. That ain't happening. <laughs> um, um, but I don't know. I think it would have been really good if it was, like, at a $15 price point. Like, I, if I was at, like, $15, I would have heavily recommended it. At $20, maybe. At $30, no. It does not even feel nearly that polished. There's not, like, any scary moments in particular. But, like, 
it, it would easily compete with most $15 horror games. I wouldn't like really see a big issue with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That those were those were my big problems with the game by far. But yeah. <laughs> Still can't believe I could turn the wrench. I'm so angry. You've, <laughs> so done. you've hit quite a bit uh, of the things I, I was going to like ask you about. Or, um, what mm -hmm. I will say real quick is the recommended specs for this game, according to the Steam page, is a 64-bit processor and operating system uh, with a minimum being Windows 7, the recommended being Windows 10, uh, an Intel Core i5-6500 at uh, 3.2 gigahertz or an AMD Ryzen 5 1600. 8 gigs of RAM, uh, the recommended graphics being a GeForce uh, GTX 1070 or an AMD Radeon RX 590 uh, with 16 gigs of storage available. That's uh, what they yeah. recommend. It, it should be noted, at least like when I played it, because I played on a release date, apparently there was a performance patch after I played it, but I can't imagine that really changed too much. I was playing it with a 1070 and I had to play it on low. Like that was... That was the requirement. So if chances are, if you're playing this, if you're playing it on Xbox, I'm sure it's fine because it's an Xbox. They're kind of meant the game was intended to be released as a console game. And then it was kind of just like, oh, I guess we should also add it to PC as well. And yeah. I can kind of get into the uh, graphics options themselves. They're pretty limited. Like, I, I want to say there were maybe like seven or eight options. If you guys know, like most PC games, you got like a couple pages to go through on yeah. that. Um <laughs> I don't know. It was very lacking on that regard. Yeah. I had to set it to low and like just go through it that way. Shit. And the game on low does not look particularly great. Your dog looks really blurry and fuzzy mm. and it's kind of weird. Well, aren't dogs um, supposed to look fuzzy? You know, definitely. That's that's a hundred percent. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Sorry. Yep. It was right there. Uh huh. <laughs> I guess I do have one question for you, because if we're going to go full total biscuit here, uh, may he rest in peace. Does it have an FOV slider? For no, shame. It does not have an FOV slider at all. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Shem, do you have questions or thoughts on this at all? Or no, I think Ren's pretty well covered the game. I the he's he got most of my questions out of the way. I mean, it just seems like it. It just seems like they had a good pass and they just sort of fumbled it. Yeah, I genuinely thought it was going to be really good because mm -hmm. when I watched the E3 trailer, I was thinking like, okay, this looks very much up my alley. Like, this yeah. looks like the exact kind of horror game I would be interested in, only for it to just kind of fall flat. It's yeah. okay. It's not the worst horror game of all time. I've definitely played worse. Uh, Pacify is a great example. That mm -hmm. game is horrible. I don't understand how that game gets even remotely good reviews. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, not for $30. I can't even remotely recommend the game for 30 bucks. And like, I, I think I said this at the start when I was uh, talking about this. This is one of the few games where I've actually written down. I have notes in front of me. <laughs> and that's the reason why I'm like busting this out is because I, I had such a hard time remembering this game. I had to legit like watch some video again to be all like, okay, right. This is happening. Cool. It was it was a struggle. I can't. I was shocked that I forgot about it in like not even over a week. Yeah, I, I really did not think about that. Like with most horror games, that's not a thing. Like it'll at least stick with you for a little bit and be like, okay, that was a really good story. Mm -hmm. This one was really boring. There was no part of it where I was just like, that's really cool. 
except then, for red video games. going off of that then what's a like what's a horror game that really sticks out to you then like what made you what made you think of it after you played it then what what horror games in particular soma yeah. was a great example um prey while it's not even necessarily quote unquote like horror game really mm. good concept and i really like the art style and overall it just felt really like it felt polished um the Outlast games are always memorable just because they're Outlast. It's kind of hard to forget about those ones. Um, in terms of ones that I might not remember so much, Layers of Fear is probably like one of them. Um, the only ones that I could really remember for them being particularly bad, I even said, was Pacify because uh, the the monster in it is not even remotely scary. Not even slightly. It's like really just like, oh, look. Ooga Booga, it's some random girl that's like flying around a building. <laughs> whatever. How original. I don't care. Yeah, right? I was like, okay, whatever. Fear. Fear is probably honestly like one of the most memorable horror games that I can possibly think of. Good old Fear. Like, I do love that game. Yeah, it extended past horror. There were like amazing horror moments, don't get me wrong. But like, it wasn't just the fact that it was scary that really made it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, in terms of like combat AI, it was really, really, it was it was great. It was amazing during the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. There really wasn't anything memorable about it. It was literally you walk in a forest with a dog, and then stuff happens. And the grand scheme of things, like that's basically it. I don't know. Which you know, like in horror in general, if you can't remember it, that says yeah. a lot. <laughs> about yeah. about mm -hmm. the piece of you know if you can't remember a horror movie like the conjuring no it was uh is it the conjuring or whatever like the annabelle series i can't that just is bad on its own that i can't remember which actual series it was but i can't tell you anything mm -hmm. about those fucking movies um anything else on this uh topic while we're here no i think that about covers it for me cool i wouldn't recommend it unless if it's 15 dollars. <laughs> that's yeah, the only goes, time i'll work if it's on it. sale get it yeah yeah cool it's gotta be on a pretty decent one when it released it was on like i want to say it, it had like five dollars off i got it for 25 wasn't even worth it then okay but uh yeah yeah cool well i figure we'll move on to uh it's it's interesting because we have some uh a couple a couple of stories about uh just some services and gaming services and stuff so i figured we'd go on to apple arcade um because we talked about this a couple weeks ago and it was mostly a more of like a leak. Uh, some people had found some stuff in like the Apple App Store, or like API for some marketing mm -hmm. that said that the Apple Arcade was going to be uh, priced at $4.99 a month. Um, they hinted at some other like release dates and stuff like that. But we had an Apple event this week where they announced a new iPhone and they also announced a bunch of uh, stuff about the Apple Arcade. So right off the bat, Apple Arcade is launching September 19th, so next Thursday. It's going mm -hmm. to be live in 150 uh, countries. It's going to be $5 a month or $4.99 a month. Um, one important part I wanted to add here was that uh, none of the games will include ads or in-app purchases. So the whole subscription covers okay. everything <clears throat> on these games. They are premium games, so they're not just the um, what you can get on the regular iOS uh, app store. Uh, it's going to launch mm -hmm. with a hundred of these games, and there's actually three exclusives on the platform. Um, that's the Konami uh, Frogger in Toy Town. There is Capcom. I'm going to apologize right now. Uh, Shinsekai Into the Depths. 
and Annapurna Interactive's Sayonara Wild Hearts, among some other games that we talked about that aren't um, that aren't uh, exclusive. Uh, we talked about. Um, uh, what were some of the games that we that we did talk about? We talked about like into the or to the west or something like that. A couple mm-hmm. of you know don't the floor is lava stuff like that. Yeah, um, I even have a list right here of some newer or some new and exclusive games that are planning on coming out as well. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are actually like they're they're ones that I as just like a not mobile person would actually be a little excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, Exit the Gungeon uh, from the makers of Enter the Gungeon, which is a really Great solid. Game. Great yeah, game. it's a really amazing uh, roguelike. Um, that's going to be a coming up to it. Um, where is it? Rayman Mini, which I'm sure some people will probably be a little bit interested in. And Shantae and the Seven Sirens, another Shantae game, which I don't really know a whole lot about, but I've heard are absolutely amazing uh, um, platformers. Those those are actually like kind of sticking out to me personally from what I'm looking at right now. Cool. Sorry, the uh, train decided to start running. <laughs> so if you guys hear that in the background. So, Ryan, you weren't like super hot on this last time we talked about it. Um, no, no. See, to be honest, I'm still not particularly. Mm-hmm. Those are like aside from those three, I don't really say anything in particular that really appeals mm-hmm. to me personally. Mm-hmm. With those three, would you rather the, rather just buy them outright as opposed to the subscription model for it? Well, so personally at least with like enter the gungeon and uh well basically just enter the gungeon it's a game that you kind of get the concept of after even just playing it for a little bit so like i probably would instead of just buying it outright i probably would do like a one month uh like subscription of it play it for a bit be like that was great that was awesome if i decide to play it more cool i'll re like i'll i'll redo it or i'll just buy the game outright um with something like shantae though um, where it's like an actual platformer. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I probably would just, I, if I was going to get the subscription service, I basically do the one month play Shantae first, then some exit the Gungeon. And then if I decide I like exit the Gungeon, I'll just buy that instead mm-hmm. rather than doing it through Apple arcade. Like that, that would be how I'd do it personally. Yeah. Uh, Shem. How much yeah. have you paid attention to Apple Arcade, or do you have any like? Did you have any initial thoughts on it when it was first announced? Or I, I'm I'm an Android user um, from day one, so anytime Apple has a release or anything like that, I don't really pay attention to it. I'll be honest, mm. but yeah. I like the idea of Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a paid subscription though, just to access games. I mean, there's so many free games online, anyways. Mm-hmm. And now I'm assuming this this. It, I don't know if you guys know, is this whole thing just through iPhones and iPads or is it um, accessible on computers too? So it's accessible on basically every Apple device. It's going to be available on iPads, iPhones, Apple TV, um, it, Mac OS. Uh, okay. Eventually, right. so, so computer, not just mobile. Yeah. I'm assuming right. okay. when they, I'm assuming when they make uh, the Apple car that you'll be able to use it on your Apple car <laughs> and uh, probably with your <laughs> Apple martini maker as well. Yeah, right. Oh, I can't wait for that to come out. <laughs> but um, so I, I, again, I I like the idea of it. I don't know about the I'm I'm not so sure about the price point right now. I would say mm-hmm. maybe like a dollar ninety nine for something this introductory. If you're gonna make people pay for a subscription to access video games, where most of these can either be accessed for free online or knockoffs, like close knockoffs of them for free online. Yeah, um, at least at like the initial release, I totally agree with that. 
because yeah. like what's really what what really is pulling people in to go pay for it immediately uh, the, the fact that apple at that apple came out with it i mean apple has built their brand yeah. to the point now they can slap their logo on anything and they have a horde of loyal passionate people that will buy it just because they came out with it and so the even though this is at a price point that i would not pay for a subscription to games and stuff because this seems like a glorified blockbuster kind of thing mm-hmm. um people are going to buy it because there's apple fanatics out there and anything they come out with that people will pay money for it um yeah and I, granted not knowing the quality of games obviously exit the dungeon excites me because i've played enter the gungeon and i love that game mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean if, if android came out with that or if, like if, if there was another like god forbid another streaming service or something a game streaming service came out with that i probably wouldn't do that because my gaming library is big enough as it is mm-hmm. um but i mean but that's me though cool um i think i've said it before my in my opinion still stands is that this is definitely like one of those services it's for the already integrated apple family like and i i know i've said this before where like my my mom and my stepdad uh they have a lot of apple products including the apple tv my little brother and sister have a couple apple devices um i you know i have my iphone i prefer pc but i have used mac devices um mm-hmm. i have one that i i have a mac uh macbook air that i don't think we'll actually be able to use this service um i'm not sure or how well it'll run any of the games which is actually here's like another point is um if this is a curated service for apple i wonder how much optimization they're spending for or how much time that these developers are spending on um, optimization because a lot of app, you know, Mac OS devices, you know, MacBook Airs and MacBook Pros and uh, iMacs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, they're not really gaming machines. The hardware is subpar compared to um, most gaming PCs of similar or uh, yeah. most PCs of similar price points. Um, I mean, the way I see it is that if they're going to be running on like a phone, I can't imagine them to be too intensive for like a computer. Yeah, that that's the way I personally see it. Uh, well, and then my other thing is, is how much scaling are they going to be doing? Are they is everything just going to mm-hmm. be essentially the same uh, same program running or are they going to be, you know, well, hey, if you're going to be right. playing it on the MacBook Air as opposed to your iPhone, um, we're gonna you know increase particle effects here or maybe add some extra ray tracing here or da 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 um mm-hmm. that's actually something i'm a little curious to see if there if there is any sort of scaling uh to hardware um but i imagine mm-hmm. i imagine it's just going to be you know it's the same across the board it's optimized for all these devices and that's just the way it's going to be yeah, for them putting it out where it is right now, like the stage of where it's it right now, it doesn't make sense to them because they don't have the market, the market feedback to justify putting in additional stuff for the, the, right. the laptops or the, the mm-hmm. desktops and stuff like that. It's just that they haven't proven it yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine there's going to be that much added value to doing that of like better graphics, better gameplay, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, just looking at, I mean, I was on the website while you guys were talking, just trying to look at some of the games and the, like the quote unquote quality of them all. And they all look like mobile games. So yeah, you know, take yeah. it for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, one thing I need to, because I know that they're planning on doing it with the Apple TV. <clears throat> I'm still mm-hmm. curious about the, control here 
Um, it, because it, anyone who's used an Apple TV will know that the controller is about that big. The remote is, you know, not very large, and there's not a lot of buttons on it. Um, yeah. So that's actually something I'm kind of. I mean, are you, are they gonna do like a? Uh, are they gonna like require that you use your phone or your iPad as a controller for it? Are they going to um, sell some sort of Apple controller that interfaces with the um, Apple TV? And are they gonna make it something similar to like what the Steam controller was, where you could use it as like an analog for um, a mouse, essentially, because you could use the I believe you could use the Steam controller as uh, uh, like a touchpad where you can control the yeah. mouse, right? Mm-hmm. So are they going to do something like that? Um, I don't think I've seen any details on that. I don't know if you guys saw anything in any of the articles that we were looking at. Um, if it Mm-mm. mentioned anything. Not that I've seen. Yeah, so that's something that I'm actually very, very curious about. Um, and uh i i hope that they have like an actual functional way to use your apple tv with apple arcade it would seem pretty silly to not have that planned out Mm -hmm. um and i i think it would also be very very silly if they just like use your little apple tv remote (laughs) the thing that (laughs) the thing that the the whole interface resembles the ipod one's trackpad (laughs) Mm -hmm. about the same amount of interface as an iPod one trackpad. Um, So yeah. Any other thoughts on Apple arcade or anything you guys? Well, I have, I do have something I want to talk about and I completely spaced it before the podcast to Mm. mention, but there's another subscription service that just came out like super recently that I actually am excited about. And that's you play plus that's out now. And that's actually looking really good. There's so many like good titles up in that list. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I actually grabbed the games list, and I was gonna go ahead and post it. I'll go ahead just and post Googling it. In, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll post it in the chat yeah. as well. Um, but one of the big like, there's there's a few immediate standouts. Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is on the list. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Siege Ultimate Edition's on the list. A bunch of Assassin's Creed games. A bunch of Prince of Persia um might and magic the rayman games mm-hmm. um like all of the splinter cells all of the rainbow six <clears throat> games as a whole um watchdogs one two and when a uh, legion comes out legion will be on that list as well mm-hmm. um i saw that and i was really excited nemi one of the people i was actually in chat earlier actually uh showed it to me and right now until i think it's the 30th it's actually completely free it's it's no cost right now for the first month and uh yeah so i i went ahead i i got the trial essentially i went and canceled it afterwards that way i don't have to pay ever and uh yeah i don't know i'm really excited to jump into like some actually like really high quality games because i know a lot of those those are actually really really good i while i don't play siege anymore I do acknowledge Siege is a really good game. Like, if you're a shooter fan, definitely jump into that at least a little bit. Um, I've only heard, like, I've heard mixed things about Odyssey, but overall it's been pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's a bunch of games that, like, I personally was, uh, I was of the opinion that I would love to play them. I just don't want to pay for them. Like, of all the, like, games that I'd ever consider, these are the ones where I, I would love to try it out, maybe. But I don't want to pay like sixty dollars to play the newest like Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, I'm totally down with not paying anything. Right, but... And then maybe if I really want to, pay fifteen dollars for a month. 
Well, I mean, one thing you got to think about though. So I'm I'm looking at the site that you um that you sent, and it's you know it's free for the first month. Then you're paying fifteen dollars a month. Now, granted, they have an impressive game list. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you figure at sixty bucks for the price of one of those games. That's that's essentially four months of paid subscription, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's when you really have to look at that and go, okay, like some of these games here, like some of these games are going to take take you a while to play. I, I mean, if you're a guy like mm-hmm. me, who, like has a has a regular job and like you know actually has a life, right? And, you know, um, yeah. But I mean, looking at like Assassin's Creed, um, Tom Clancy's The Division One and Two, um, and and a bunch of those other ones, like those are going to take you some time to do that. Like, is it is a subscription at fifteen a month going to be worth access to those games? Like, are you really going to get your return on investment from from those games? That'd be my big question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I'm thinking about that. You know, I'm looking at, you know, I played Far Cry th- three, except for yeah, I didn't play Blood Dragon. But there's Far Cry two, Blood Dragon three, the Deluxe Edition, four, the Gold Edition, five, the Gold Edition, uh, New Dawn, and Primal. Which mm-hmm. I mean, that's seven games. How long is it going to take me to get through all seven of those games? And I'm, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm like, mm, what's my return investment on? And that's just saying if I play yep. Far Cry, because um, Far Cry would probably be the only series I'm like interested in. And like I said, I've only played three. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in the Assassin's Creed games. Um, not really interested in Might and Magic, although that's a huge list for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I myself don't really see that much for value for me here, but I can see mm-hmm. someone finding value in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I've always been this would be a subscription that'd be a bit that like this one I could justify like five bucks a, a month, that mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. to, for like this list of games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially when like you can pick up Rainbow Six Siege for like 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that right there, I'm like, eh, does Rainbow Six Siege really have to be on there? Especially because it's a multiplayer only game. Well, not mm-hmm. multiplayer only, but multiplayer majority game. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm. I can see someone finding value in this. I myself would not be able to justify this, and I don't think the vast majority of people would be able to justify uh justify this one i don't know i I think a decent amount of people would be able to justify like a one month like thing of it like that would be how i do it personally Mm -hmm. granted that's how i do all my subscriptions is i only do a month and i cancel it afterwards and if Mm -hmm. i decide that i want to do it longer than that then sure Mm -hmm. but like i i don't i i definitely don't keep my payment information just be like oh i'm sure i'll get to it later yeah you know (laughs) that that's never been the case for me at least personally but uh i don't know like 15 dollars a month for like some of the main ones on that for at least like shooter fans in particular like division one to siege granted i do agree siege is a little bit like iffy but like the reason why it's kind of on there and kind of important is like the actual ultimate edition itself gives mm-hmm. you access to basically all of the like dlc operators which are just a total pain to grind for mm-hmm. so like even as somebody that owns siege if i didn't have the season pass right now i would have been like oh yeah that that would like worked out for me um but yeah i don't know that's the way i see it personally cool um so that was apple arcade and then ubisoft uh uplay uh uplay plus sorry i was looking for the name any other thoughts on either of those services at all or no i'm good um and then our next topic um is 
is we got some new updates uh, for the Nintendo Online service or the uh, the on Switch Online service. Um, so just real quick, Ren, I think you're the only one here who owns a Switch. Yes, Correct? sir. Um, yep. Before we get into this, did you have Nintendo Switch Online? The Switch Online service? Yes, yes I did. Yep. Okay. Um, so before we get into it, just like, give a quick explanation of what all is in, uh, included with the uh, Switch Online service. Um, before we get to so the basically updates. switch online is it, it's pretty standard for the most part it's basically like your multiplayer your online multiplayer um there's no like inherent voip which to me personally doesn't really matter it's a switch um <laughs> but there is multiplayer i will like admit the multiplayer for the most part isn't super great it doesn't feel like the uh i i don't think there is like particular servers for most things i'm pretty sure it's like peer-to-peer um but uh yeah it's mostly multiplayer access to uh nes um and that was pretty much it really in the most part i think they might have possibly made a deal like giving you like a slightly better like discount maybe i can't remember for the most part but i think that might have been a thing um yeah but that being said it was only like four dollars a month like mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't anything super crazy for somebody that like when, when i think of other consoles online like stats it's uh what like twenty dollars for like three months minimum so, and it's yeah. Just like yeah um but yeah three dollars is nothing like super crazy yeah. at least to me personally hey and i looked at the website earlier it's uh 35 dollars for a full year uh, and that yeah. comes with even more benefits and i did actually want to do a quick uh, reminder for folks because i was looking at my twitch prime earlier today yes uh and this is still available if you have twitch prime you can get three months free of nintendo switch online if you claim it um before it's uh i want to say september um 24th right am i am i crazy i might be crazy um so yeah september 24th if you claim uh claim it and as another reminder if you have twitch prime uh don't forget the extra benefit of a free subscription so you can support your favorite creators such as mr shem over here um and then our massive list of guests who is a who's who of awesome streamers and then maybe if you want to throw a sub our way as well that's appreciated as well um so yeah the the nintendo switch online is uh for a full year 35 dollars um you said it gave you access to uh, some NES uh, yes. games, right? Yeah, it, it gives you access to the NES, uh, essentially the NES emulator on the Switch. Mm -hmm. So anything that's on that particular list, you get full access to. Cool. Uh, so I guess let's talk about the the update, the uh, additions to the library, um, what you guys think of that, and um, kind of uh, what you think the value added uh the the total value added to this has been um so they added a, uh, added to the library 20 snes games correct uh i believe so it looks to be correct. Correct. sounds correct okay uh and they include a lot of fan favorites uh, ren you were getting excited when you read yes the list. I, I was getting excited about quite a few <laughs> shem, shem you seem pretty pretty stoked on some of these as well so I'll let you guys take it away because I am not a retro person or am I really, and I am especially not a retro Nintendo person. Um, that was yeah, something that sure. I kind of missed out on. 
So I, I know Ren is super stoked about Breath of Fire on the SNES. He yes. made that apparently clear before we went live. <laughs> for oh, for me though, like I, I grew up on an NES. I, I didn't play SNES. I had a friend that had that. So like I'd play Star Fox and you know Mario Kart with them. But mm-hmm. the, the NES games, like I'm looking at this list and it's it's ridiculous. And here I'll put it in the I'll put it in the chat so everyone else can see it. Um, but some of these, like, there's some, there's some big ones out there that they've added to this that yeah. really would make this, especially what'd you say it was 30 bucks for a year, 35, $35 yeah. for a year. Yeah. For, for a year to have access to this, I would pay for this if I, if yeah. I had a switch because they have, um, they have super Mario, I believe one, two and three on here. They have ice climber, double dragon, ice hockey, blaster master, Kirby's adventure, punch out. Uh, Kid Icarus, Pro Wrestling, River City Ransom, Excite Bite, Ghosts and Goblins, like all of the all of the essential classics that you would mm-hmm. think would go along with an NES. This yeah. has it. Yeah, and to be noted, like some of these actually were already like existent on the NES thing, but it is nice because this entire Super Nintendo section didn't exist that was not a thing whatsoever there was no super nintendo games at all so that actually opens up kind of the floodgates for even more in the future which is really exciting to me personally because like don't get me wrong i i love uh, so many of the nes games that are listed on this but i've already actually played them on my switch (laughs) i've actually played a few of them on my switch i messed around with kid or icarus uh punch out ghosts and goblins things like that so like don't get me wrong they're great but I am like unbelievably stoked about these uh, SNES games with like Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Star Fox, Link to the Past is on this list, <laughs> Breath of Fire is on this list. Like those are really, really solid titles. Super Mario Kart, if for some reason you feel the need to play Super Mario Kart. Just think if like, it's possible, sure. just think if it's if it's possible, online multiplayer Super Mario Kart. See, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> if they find a way to do that, I would probably buy a Switch. <laughs> Oh man! And then I would never leave my bed. <laughs> we we were talking about yeah. If you got a switch, you'd never leave your bed. It'd be like thirty four days. Muscles would atrophy. Yep. But hey, once again, like we talked about, like dude, my thumbs would be thick, like T H I double C thick. Mm. He would never lose a thumb more, ever. <laughs> that is very oh, true. Man. What was that? What was that one movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone? It was arm wrestling. If they did a thumb wrestling of that, I would star in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you just playing the switch with the in the background. It's the final countdown playing. <laughs> right. Is your training montage? Yes, that's right. And then during the actual thing, gotta play Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Oh man. Um. So like overall, I mean, do you guys feel this is this is a good deal? Oh yeah. For for people I, that I have... thought it was a good deal in the first place. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just adding more onto it. It's just great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, added value is never a bad thing. This just more ensures people that are that they're gonna pay for it and keep on paying for it. So mm-hmm. um and, and just think I I would imagine if Nintendo was smart, they wouldn't up the price. They just keep adding to it, like more Super Nintendo. Right. Um, that yeah. I don't I'm not grant I don't see them doing Nintendo 64 games just because control limitations and stuff but I could be wrong mm-hmm. Nintendo has always surprised us before they yeah. they are definitely the innovators the innovation leaders of the consoles while PlayStation and Xbox tend to kind of stay the course as far as hardware Nintendo's right. not afraid to venture outside of that and try new things yeah mm-hmm. uh one thing I did see <laughs> Um, and I don't think we've mentioned yet, was that they are adding a support for a SNES controller, correct? 
Yes. Or they're, they're so like making a SNES controller compatible for Switch, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're making their own like Switch uh, like SNES controller, mm -hmm. which is actually super cool. And I'm looking at it right now, and it looks very like it looks like a SNES controller. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like it's just you know oh. It's a Switch controller for SNES games. It doesn't look like that at all. But I don't know. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was another thing. So when I was talking about VoIP, and you, you mentioned it before we started the podcast, was that there was the VoIP at on the phone. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it until I actually saw the picture on their list of like features for online. And I was all I was thinking was like, who is going to use that ever? Like at that point, while I just called them, I don't know. I was like, I, I got nothing on that one. Seems like such a weird feature. A I, I let me just say real quick, because I actually, you guys are like, eh, no, Switch doesn't need VoIP. I I remember playing Call of Duty on the Wii multiplayer in my ba friend's basement and which it was not a great experience mind you <laughs> yeah. i'm not i'm not defending playing modern warfare 4 on the wii as like the pinnacle of playing modern warfare yeah i was gonna be like there's your problem right there <laughs> but still <laughs> not having any sort of voip <laughs> to shit talk <laughs> oh man i feel like i missed out on something <laughs> and i do remember i uh I, I played a game on uh, the Wii called The Conduit. It was the mm -hmm. exclusive first-person shooter for the Wii that had a really garbage story, and for the which we at the time didn't realize was garbage, uh, <laughs> and a pretty garbage online multiplayer that was made worse by the fact that anytime me and my friend wanted to um you know play together we had to sit on our phones and do this i know you guys can't see me um but you have to do like this holding the phone while also holding your nunchuck and wii controller and doing this it was a very not pleasurable experience <laughs> hey, if you want it bad enough you find a way to do it <laughs> oh man and i feel like it could have all been avoided <laughs> with first off the Wii had problems with peripherals and the switch probably has similar problems with the peripherals regarding headsets <laughs> um i just feel as if you know they maybe should actually invest in voip or uh, uh some and not just let apps go uh and do it themselves um that's my i my <laughs> long-winded rant on that matter <laughs> um, oh man uh so was there anything else on this i'm looking at my notes for it i don't think we have anything else really on the nintendo switch online um, i think the next best thing that they could do after the snes like the snes online release mm -hmm. is just a game boy release i think after that point they're basically that would done. Be awesome. like that's that's yeah. plenty which like i don't think i'm gonna need more than that <laughs> which we all know that they're going to to yeah this is, i mean the, the they stopped supporting the 3ds already um, mm -hmm. they're not releasing anything on the 3ds it seems like th this is the two birds one stone of of consoles it's a mobile mm -hmm. console it's a handheld console and it you know you can plug it into your tv so it only makes sense for them to start bringing in game boy games and game boy color games and hopefully yeah. game boy advanced <laughs> games i would really it would make me buy a switch and buy a lot of i think i've said this before on the stream is just let me have a pokemon machine mm-hmm 
put, put, put I want to play. I want to play Pokemon Red, Yellow, and Blue, where <laughs> I can still trade and battle people. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. That and I'm happy. The original 151. Screw all the extras. Oh, see, here, Sham, we might have a problem because I I just love Pokemon uh, Gold and Crystal, and I will <laughs> far superior. <laughs> Everyone's um, entitled to their opinion. <laughs> well, some opinions are wrong. <laughs> yeah, everyone's wrong but me. <laughs> so I, I would just love, like I said, I'd just love to have a Pokemon machine. That's all a Switch would be for me. It's just a Pokemon machine. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they started throwing on some of the virtual console stuff for, you know, you know, mm-hmm. the the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color and stuff. Um Yeah. But, yeah, um, I mean, what do you guys think of like maybe doing like if they were to start re-releasing like some GameCube games or something on there? That'd be cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm always yeah. Depend, <laughs> it depends on what games there. Obviously, they'd be all the platformer ones like Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, mm-hmm. uh, Metroid Prime, yeah, and and all and all the Zelda games and stuff. But I mean, if there's a way to do it, mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously going to be interest there for sure. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I did have a GameCube. Are there any like GameCube games that I mean, were you guys on that console at all? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Was there uh, Harvest Moon and Resident Evil were my two go-to's. Completely mm. different tangents on each other, <laughs> but I mean, there's there's nothing better than that. Uh, like, times get murdered by zombies, zombies as well as farming. <laughs> Yeah, as well as having a nice chill farming game. Right. Oh, um, man. There was a game. Let me see if I can find it. There's two games that I played the absolute shit out of. Yeah. So one, this was super, super, super generic name. You guys ready for this name? Mm-hmm. Amazing Island. <laughs> oh, incredible. Right. Incredible just a fantastic name. name. <laughs> The game itself was really cool. Um, it had like this whole Pokemon vibe where like you have like these fun monster companions, but you get to make them. And it had this very crude, almost like spore character creator where it's like pick out a frame and like make these <laughs> weird shapes for your monster. And okay, now choose the color and add all these accessories. And like you would basically just play Mario Party games with these monsters. Um, I'd love to see that on the Switch. <laughs> Uh, even though it's one of the, like it's kind of like a, I think it's a pretty obscure game. I don't hear that many people really mm-hmm. talk about Amazing Island. Surprisingly enough, I can't um, imagine why. Right, um, and I'm sure it's already seen uh, re-releases on a couple different platforms. But I'd like to see uh, Sonic Adventure Two on on like the Switch. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably be my other one because I played the shit out of that on my GameCube as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else on this particular topic, guys? You, you so overall, you think this is a really good value add to the service? Oh yeah. Even mm-hmm. yeah. If you didn't all, have it all, before, I think about when I see that is just like Super Nintendo has been added. Think about all the possibilities. Like yeah. that's right. that's immediately where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you, um, just, you think the quality of games, and it's at a price point of about three bucks a month for access to yeah. that kind of library, worth it. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else, guys? I'm looking through my notes, and I think that's all we had to talk about. No, I'm good. Which yeah, not that I can think of. 
Awesome. Well, uh, we will start to uh, end the show here then. Uh, let's start with you, Mr. Shem. Tell the people out there where they can find you and what they're going to find when they get there. Yes, so you can uh, you can find me on Twitch. I'm a Twitch streamer, Big Shem. You can see it right in the name, right? I think it's over there if I'm pointing right. I think that's where the name is. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really awkward yes, if it's sir. the other side. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I had that right. Um, yes, yeah, so twitch.tv slash Big Shem. Again, variety streamer. You're going to you're gonna find some retro stuff. You're going to find some modern stuff. You're going to find chat integration, uh, monthly charity streams, monthly pot or mental health podcasts, a little bit of everything here. Um, but for the most part, if you want to sing, if you want to see me sing like He Man and singing Hey, what's going on? Just shoot me a follow while I'm streaming. Yeah, trust me, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it certainly oh, is. Um, Twitter, Instagram, anything you want else to oh, plug? Twitter, um, Twitter, that one's um, slash Twitch underscore Big Shem. Cool. That's about it. I'm not on Instagram though. I don't feel the need to take a picture of myself every day well you're such a handsome man you know. <laughs> uh, i know i know but I, I can't let the vanity get like i can't let my ego get too big i still gotta fit through the door frame um ren what's coming up on your channel so this friday border well technically this thursday borderlands 3 is coming up but this friday is my actually my stream anniversary so i'm not gonna be streaming Woo! on thursday um i might possibly be streaming tonight and also thank you by the way i appreciate it um <laughs> i might be streaming some minecraft tonight we'll see um but tomorrow i definitely will be streaming a little bit more minecraft and then i am on to the borderlands 3 two-year stream anniversary seems good awesome i'm excited awesome uh where else can people find you uh, Twitch.tv forward slash renditions. If you care about Twitter, it's also renditions. Uh, two Z's because I'm dumb and I can't spell my own name. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that covers it. Uh, coming up on my channel, um, Insurgency Sandstorm put out an update, so I'll probably be playing that tomorrow just to see what the new game mode is and all the other stuff. So Ren gets to hear me talk about that next week. Um, hopefully, uh, I won't be alone in that. Uh, our scheduled guest is. Uh, a riot american riot um but his wife is due to have a baby any day now so it's kind of a iffy uh situation if we'll have him next week or not um otherwise i'll probably be playing uh more minecraft with uh normal on uh, normal's server and maybe ren will join me again um uh let's see other than that that's really all that's on my channel this uh coming week uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us this week on the Next to Nothing podcast. If you guys missed any part of the show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, uh, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Uh, you can also watch the VOD on my channel, um, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube and watch it there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NTNPod. Um, and you can also